but yeah, I just got to figure out the business side of that on how to, how much to sell and stuff. And I figured I'll spend the winter kind of growing, you know, the worms and stuff and probably wouldn't really start selling them until about close to fishing time next year. Mm-hmm. I figure I got enough time to get all that down and straightened. So Shane's over there strobing. Okay. I'm going to quit talking about worms. Now. <laughs> I mean, it's not that I'm not interested. <laughs> yeah, it's beneficial to both of you guys. I, I do encourage it. You have my full love and support, Tommy. Thank you. Wow, that's unusual. I think Shane might be sick. <laughs> it's because he's getting worms you don't have to pay for. <laughs> oh, well, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> and worm fertilizer he doesn't have to pay for. <laughs> well, I can tell you that nothing will happen if you don't do anything. I already got buckets coming, so. Oh, well, shit. <laughs> See? <All right. laughs> Took some I initiative. buy some more buckets. Yeah. And then order newspaper, so we're good. Nice. <laughs> Something went in my mouth when I did that. That was unpleasant. A penis. It could have been. It was a very small, phallic-shaped object. (laughs) (laughs) All right. everyone and welcome to the paranormal minds of JST. My name is Josh and I'll be your host for this evening or this morning, I guess depending on when you're listening to it. I'll pull a Tommy today. Uh, I'm joined as always by my two co-hosts and best friends, Shane and Tommy. Hello. Say hi right now. Make me. <laughs> okay. I don't. You can't. You can't do shit. <laughs> Where's the mute button? Shane's not part of this episode. I can't even mute him. <laughs> well, he has to be, or else we're just going to get into a serious discussion. <laughs> we might. This is one of those discussions. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I'm only kidding, guys. I'm only, I don't know. It possibly could be. Oh. Um, but tonight, let my dogs scurry about and be loud and obnoxious. Um, but tonight, 
I want to talk about something that I kind of saw a while back that it kind of piqued my interest, and you guys may have heard of it, um, but I want to talk about third man syndrome. And I don't know, have you guys ever heard of this? Nope. I have not. Nope. Okay. Um, actually, I'm going to pull this particular thing up because I did not write this particular sentence down, and I don't want to get it wrong. Um... So, <clears throat> third man syndrome, or the third man factor, refers to the reported situations where an unseen presence, such as a spirit, provides comfort or support during a traumatic event. Okay? Hmm. Essentially, car crash happens, something bad happens, and somebody pulls you from the burning car, or... Somebody saves your life, but that person is realistically nowhere to be found, right? So I want to start this with a quote from T.S. Eliot in The Wasteland. And the quote goes, Who is the third who walks beside you? When I count, there are only you and I together. But when I look ahead... Up the white road, there is always another one walking beside you. So I thought that was a good quote for this thing. And, and honestly, everything I looked up, T.S. Eliot, that quote stuck with everybody. I guess because that was part of that particular story. I really don't know. I didn't look into it. I think that's a poem, actually. Part of a poem. I have stories for you guys tonight versus what third man syndrome is and why it is. I have stories of actually a couple of famous people. Um, well, a famous person for sure that I'm sure you guys will know. And actually, I have TikToks for us to watch. <laughs> and uh, I think that'll be kind of interesting. But the first person I want to talk about is... Sir Ernest Shackleton. He was an Anglo-Irish Antarctic explorer who led a total of three British expeditions to the Antarctic. On his second voyage, I think, this is somewhere between 1914 and 1917, he... How did I write this? Hold on, guys. Sorry. Okay. Anyways, between 1914 and 1917 was an expedition to the South Pole. He was; Those were all three to the South Pole. I guess it was a big race. I'm not sure. I didn't really study into it. But it was like a race to the South Pole. Anyways, on this expedition, his ship, the Endurance, was heavily damaged to the point that he and his crew had to actually abandon the ship. When you sail the seas there, you know, the sea is frozen, and they just got out on the ice that was around them. And they escaped by tracking across the frozen ocean and the frozen tundra and only camping long enough for the ice that they were on to start to disintegrate underneath them. They finally managed to, li to launch their lifeboats. They had been dragging with them through this whole journey. Um, 
But even then, the journey wasn't over. They had to travel another 720 nautical miles to reach Elephant Island and ultimately the safe haven of South Georgia Island. Ernest recounts that haunting experience of traveling across this ice, his men starving and exhausted, traversing these unnamed mountains and these glaciers, and finally making it to their destination. Get out of my way. Thank you. Um... So through the entire list, the, the entire list, through the entire perilous journey, and without telling one another, they all had the sense of a comforting presence that was there for protection and guidance. And I think he went on, I think he didn't actually talk about that presence for another decade or so after the the experience um not sure exactly anyways that was sir ernest shackleton and his crew so the next person we're going to talk about is and and again this is just stories of things that have happened and not necessarily what third man syndrome is this is just the idea behind what third syndrome you know, third man syndrome is um and this one in particular is kind of odd because there's no it's just one man um, and you guys probably know who he is, um, just from hearing about his stories, but Charles Lindbergh, and Charles Lindbergh was a pilot of the Spirit of St. Louis, which was a single-engine, single-seat, high-winged monoplane that you would just fit one person in it. That was it. In 1927, he decided that he was going to fly from New York to Paris in one failed swoop. And, you know, at that time, that had never been done. Um, he threw, He flew through, like, massive, like, devastating thunderstorms and fog so thick that it would white out the sky. Um, and of course, flying in an airplane by yourself for hours and hours at a time, you would eventually get sleepy, like we were just talking about in, you know, the, our little small talk we do at the beginning. So Charles would splash his face with cold water to make him stay awake. Well, around hour 22 of being awake, he notices another presence with him. He writes that these phantoms, and and this is semi-quoted, these phantoms were here to assist, conversing and advising on my flight, and discussing problems with my navigation. They also gave me reassurance and messages of importance unobtainable in ordinary life. Charles Lindbergh did not talk about this experience for another 30 years after it happened. And even in the interview, he said, 
I remember the transparent form that was with me. Uh, the transparent form in human outline is how he put it. But I cannot remember a single word that they said to me. So, moving forward. 9-11. There were so many stories of a mysterious, unknown rescuer that would suddenly appear and pull people from the rubbish and the, the, the rubble and take them to safety before more debris would fall on them. So, now that we've gotten through those three little stories, I'm going to show you guys these TikToks. I'll probably just send them to you or if you want to watch them really quick. Um, and I know it's weird to say watch these TikToks, but as a matter of fact, um, Brittany said something to me, and then, I, dude, I shit you not, shortly after that, um, it started appearing on my TikTok. There's one. If you guys want to watch that, and we'll kind of all watch it together if you want to, and we'll discuss it. Come on. Are we watching it all together? Or? Yeah, we can. If you just want to watch it real quick, we'll just kind of discuss it. Yeah, we could do that. Or I can show it to y'all, one of the two, whatever y'all want to do. It don't matter. There was no man. No one. I have f three other TikToks, but I don't know if oh. we'll sit here and waste nine minutes of time. <laughs> um, there is one that I think is a little odd, and, and it's not so much, in my opinion, it might not be, I, I, and I'll put all of them in the description of the show that way if anybody actually wants to watch all of them they can um <clears throat> but um John Geiger wrote a book 
called the angel effect. Sorry, I'm itchy. In this book, he writes, the third man is not real as physical manifest physical manifestation. He believes that each human carries what he calls a, quote, angel switch, which is triggered by extreme circumstances. So, with my three little stories and this one TikTok that you guys watch, because I wouldn't make you suffer for the rest of them, uh, I want to get your guys' thoughts on why y'all think this happens and what third man syndrome might actually be. The TikTok made me wonder. So I don't know if you guys remember. I, I was in a wreck on the. Jeez, it's probably been 10, 12 years totaled out old Isuzu rodeo I had. And what's funny is a dude come and open my door. I was sitting there thinking, like, shit, I'm dead. Car's full of smoke. I'm like, I went to hell. And <laughs> uh, this dude opens the door and lets me sit in his car because it was raining. All right. But another car hit his car, and then I was like, look, you can just go. And it was like right before the cops got there. So I was actually, when the cops got there, just standing in the rain. So I'm like, was that guy real? You're making me question it now. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) I knew the story of the Azuzu. I didn't know that about the guy in the... Holy shit. You know... When you mentioned if we ever heard of third-person syndrome, <clears throat> I never heard of it in that term, but I have heard of, like, you know, essentially what's considered guardian angels pulling people from wreckage and leading people who, especially kids, to safety. They're like, oh, I followed this person. In fact, there was a missing 411 case where they found the child, and they were up on, like, this cliff where you couldn't get to. And they were like, oh, this person, I can't remember if they said if it was a lady or a man, told put me here and told me to stay here and I'll be safe. And then you... I feel like I remember that. Yeah. And uh, I could be wrong, could be butchering that whole story, but there's several of it where it's like, oh, somebody led me out of the woods and then that person just like yeah. never existed, you know? Yeah. So... I've heard of that. I've just never knew it to be called like third person syndrome or theory. Or, yeah. You know, it's, it's always been, it, it, everybody refers to it as a, like a guardian angel is essentially yeah. what they say. Um, so. I was actually watching, um, beyond belief fact or fiction a few nights ago. And like an episode come on where a guy was in, uh, got lost, had a car wreck in the trees. I don't remember exactly what happened, but what it was is the the ghosts that were there in the woods were like, like, hey, we're going to help you get out of here. But they had a certain way they had to go about it. It obviously wasn't like exactly like third man syndrome, but kind of, yeah. you know. Yeah. Was it was it fact or fiction? Oh, fuck. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. I have to look it up. I tell you what, what always creeped me out about that uh, about that show was I saw one episode not to get off topic where these kids were bullying this one little boy about him being afraid of somebody in his closet and one of the kids goes into the closet to show him that it was wrong and the kid oh, disappears yeah. 
Yeah. And it's like, this is true. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> for like, I, I, I kid you not, for like years, I didn't even open my closet. I was like, no, <laughs> there's something in there. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> oh. So when you were telling the stories, mm-hmm. you know, I, I was curious if it was sort of like um, what we talked about before, like time is on a, a replay switch, right? And it's actually like a version of you that had died trying to stop you from dying again. Uh, but that the girl in the TikTok said it was a man that had had saved her. But I mean, I, that still doesn't rule that out. I mean, I guess you can totally be different forms. I guess you would. If time replays, you're always going to be a little different, right? Yeah, right? And you hear stories of people being like, no, I was a woman in my past life yeah, or I was a right. man in my past life. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that's not out of the realm of possibilities for sure. And that'd be wild. You're like, no, I'm not dying this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It definitely could be what happens. Yeah. And it, it yeah. does seem to only happen during traumatic events, you know. Yeah. I, so, um, the not, <clears throat> oh, go ahead, Tommy. What no. were you going to say? Oh, I, well, I was going to ask, you know, in your uh, search and stories, have you heard, besides like 9 11, um, mm-hmm. of multiple people seeing the, I guess, quote unquote, entity? And so, then. And not to interrupt you, but there was yeah. there was one of the TikToks that I kind of went through, believe it or not, and there was a girl telling a story about, um, shit. I don't, I don't remember exactly what happened, but the girl actually it may be the one that I was kind of skeptical of. Now that I think about it, there was one. Um, not to really kind of get off topic here, I don't think it is, but um, and I'll send it in a bit, but. The girl and her friend were little. They were probably eight years old, I think, and on a playground playing together. And another little girl and a grandmother comes out of nowhere and tells the girl that's telling the story that her grandmother is a witch and that she goes, you are too, talking to the little girl. Well, this isn't a traumatic experience, but... They turn around to talk to each other, the the girl telling the story and her friend. They go to talk to each other and turn to look back. The little girl's gone and the grandmother's gone. Now, that girl actively practices witchcraft. And she's like, her and her friend get to talking, and they do remember seeing the same people together. Now, again, that's not a traumatic experience, and it could just be coincidence that said little girl and grandmother just walked away, but how fast is grandma going to walk away? Mm. They be skedaddling. (laughs) (laughs) That is a good question. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's, you know, well, the first story, um, Sir Ernest Shackleton, him and his crew, I don't know if they so much saw the presence or just felt that comforting presence. But his his words were the crew themselves. And, um, damn. 
I should have wrote that part down, but it was something to the effects of they didn't talk about it amongst themselves at the time. It was later on they talked about feeling that comforting presence while the perilous journey was happening. Mm. But they didn't want to seem crazy, like, oh, we need to put them down, you know. Yeah. Especially if they were on the brink of eating each other, you know. Yeah. You right. seem crazy, they're going to eat you first. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Especially being, like, in the frozen tundra. Man, there was nothing to eat. What are you going to eat? Penguins? You ain't, <laughs> I mean, I don't even know if you had guns to kill them. I guess you probably could have. Mm. But... Yeah, depending on where they are, it's like pretty much nothing. Yeah. Maybe fish, if, you know. If you're yeah, close if to... you could get to them, yeah. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have to ask because it's bothering me. So if you're alone and experience this third man syndrome, who's the second man? Like, right? why is it third man? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that's, well, it's like Charles Lindbergh he was by himself <laughs> I, I wonder if it's based off of like other people showing up to the scene or whatever and not seen and that's why it comes to the third man you know like I want to say I've heard stories of someone saying two people pulled somebody out of like a car wreck or something and then it just turned out it was just one person they're like no nobody was here with me although it was easy to get you out than what I thought, you know. So maybe yeah, that's there was what it a falls few, down to. Yeah, there was a few TikToks like that. Believe it or not, that were one per, uh, one person in particular. A girl had a car wreck, and she went out the window, the windshield, and her kids were in the back seat, and um, they were both okay. I think. I think one of them might have had some scratches or something, but the other one was mm. covered in stuffed animals, so she was fine. Um, but her recollection of it, there were two young men, um, well-dressed in, uh, like nice khaki shorts and nice button down shirts, blonde headed. And they were helping with the kids, I believe, get them out of the car or making sure they were okay till the paramedics got there is what it was. That's what it was. And, um, as soon as they got there, the boys were gone and the woman never saw them again. Hmm. So I wonder if it is just a triggering mechanism, like a coping mechanism that your brain has. Like, ah, I need comfort. Where is it at? Maybe. You know. You, you know, and not to be like a Debbie Downer, but it's it's believed that right before you die, you know, your brain releases DMT. And it, supposedly it releases mm-hmm. so much DMT and so much serotonin and dopamine at one time is just a huge release. Like it's a thousand times greater than whatever, you know, you normally get. And what that does is they believe it causes a comforting sense of you're at peace and then you slip away and that's it. Um, so maybe a traumatic experience tricks the brain into releasing not, maybe not the full blown like DMT and stuff, but like maybe a little bit. Yeah. It don't you know. take much. Yeah. So, and that's what causes the comfort. Now you're, you know, you won't help or need help, need comfort. And then that DMT release 
creates comfort for you in a way. Yeah. But then wouldn't you just kind of sit there and accept death? Because like these people survived. And if they were pretty much high on their own brain juices, they would, <laughs> you know, crash the plane or give up and lay on the ice or stay in the burning car. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe it's enough for maybe, and this is going to be a crazy theory because I'm not a brain person or psychologist or anything, but what if it does the exact same thing on a survival act, you know, point? where it knows you can survive, like maybe your body can tell, you know, functions aren't shutting down or anything like that. You're just hurt. And it's a last ditch survival tactic, you know, release that. Maybe instead of dopamine and stuff to calm you, you do get that calm feeling, but you also get that adrenaline rush at the same time. Yeah. And that's what causes, you know, you to be able to survive and carry on. Because now your comfort with the adrenaline instead of with the, like, I guess, sensation of just sitting back and being like, I'm at peace now, you know? Yeah. What so. it could be, too, is, you know, humans like to personify things. Mm. They feel the need to make everything look human, everything about them, you know? <laughs> and it could be, like, your body is, like, you, you're... You physically know, like you consciously know that the situation that you are in is utterly hopeless, essentially. Mm. So you need to possibly personify that comfort. Like where is this comfort coming from? So your brain would make up the possibility of something being there. But all the stories, except for the TikToks, obviously, the older stories are more of phantoms or or something like that. Like like uh, Lindbergh put it was phantoms. Um, he could never actually see anybody, but he saw the outline formed of them, the transparent forms of them. Now, on on Lindbergh, and um, to kind of throw a little bit of skepticism that way. You said it was around the time he'd been up for about 22 hours or so? Yeah, I think the, the story said about 22 hours. Mm. Now, of course, I've been up 24 hours. I don't remember hallucinating or anything. But then again, he's up in higher altitude, too, which could play right. tricks. Do you think, think maybe they were pretty new? Yeah. So, I mean, I think they knew about, you know, some oxygen. But, you know, I think they had to stay within a certain level. Mm-hmm. So... Is it possible you think maybe he hallucinated? Oh, it's 100% possible. Hmm. Um, I can tell you, just like we were talking in our small talk beforehand, you know, our little busy talk or whatever, <laughs> that when I doze off when I'm driving, hmm. I, I am in full-blown conversation with myself when it happens every single time. Hmm. I'll start thinking of a situation and start kind of narrating the situation to myself or talking to myself and I I'll do it every single time. So, and it's like pretty intense kind of thing. Like when I do like snap, uh, you know, kind of do the doze off thing and snap back. Mm. So, it's a possibility that he did hallucinate that stuff. But it it is with anybody else. Traumatic experience, what else, are, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, well 
I'll do a little pushback on that, Tommy. So mm-hmm. where you compared it to like you staying up for 24 hours, you also weren't in it flying a plane. Yeah. So you didn't have that high level stress. So take the uh, thin air and all that out of it. If he dozes off, he's dead. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, but like you were saying, it's possible all of them were hallucinating. That's yeah. so much of what we talk about is blamed on high stress level situations and hallucinations. Right. Uh, uh, what's a, uh, this kind of feels like the sleep paralysis demon, right? Mm-hmm. That's all blamed on the uh, mental instability, high stress, uh, mm-hmm. that type of thing. But all these people experience it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and maybe maybe this is kind of like the yin to that yang. It's more of a uh, comfort instead of a dread type deal. Right. Oh, yeah. I didn't think about that. Hmm. Interesting thought. <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty wild. Well, because even, it, cause, I, uh, I mean, 100%, because like, it, it, to get a sleep paralysis demon... You're just relaxing in your bed. Everything's all good. Mm-hmm. Nothing's wrong. But to get this, to get this third man, or what a second man, however you want to put it, <laughs> it's uh, you got to be like fighting for your life, I, or being in a situation that could be. And they do the opposite thing too. The yeah. sleep paralysis demon holds you still, and then this third man pulls you out of danger. Yeah. What? The huh. fuck? And you look at it with with in a psyche kind of way. It is you are you're vulnerable in your bed, right? Yeah. Think about it. Uh, the most vulnerable a human can be is asleep. You know. <clears throat> so maybe that's what causes the sleep. Is it's a little primitive thing in the back of your mind or whatever. And that manifests the sleep paralysis demon. But now you're in a situation where you're not sleep. You're not in a, in a well, semi-vulnerable, but, you know, type of hectic condition. Now it's boom. You get this entity that helps you instead of hurts you. Because I think it's that's what you need at that time. And that overpowers anything else. It could be. That that could be. That's kind of odd. I don't. I don't think I ever want to want a sleep. Par- I don't know. I kind of want a sleep paralysis <laughs> demon to come what around. What if the sleep paralysis demon saves you in the second person, third person thing? Like it's like we've been together for so long. I need you. <laughs> they start fucking battling in your bedroom. <laughs> oh. Another take on that. What if, you know, it's, let's say it is some internal response. It's not an external entity. And what if it is the same? And when it's keeping you in your bed is to keep you alive too. It's like, Hey, something out there. I don't know how you would know. Yeah. I'm losing validity on here. I I think you know what I'm trying to say. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. It's the same idea, like, let's just say there's somebody outside your house, and, mm. you know, 
they know the demon knows that if it's if you stir then they'll see you and it could be tragic um, i could see that i could see that all right it's kind of odd to scare the but, fuck out of you but you know <laughs> i can't talk it's just and so that that goes too to the other timeline type deal and it's like no it knows what's gonna happen knows you need to stay in bed knows you need to get pulled out of the car so it does require it to be an external entity yeah. and not triggered by your emotional response and i know that sucks that it's holding you there but think about it if you woke up and then there was like this shadow man was like hey 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 don't get out of bed what, what are you gonna do <laughs> I'm gonna get out of bed because <laughs> we've been to fight. <laughs> so it's like, look, this sucks. It's traumatic, but you know, I need you to stay in bed. <laughs> right? We think he's like growling and screaming at us. He's really like, "Don't move, you fucking idiot! Just stay down there." <laughs> oh, right. <It's> struggling. <laughs> <laughs> That's too funny. So what if we took the idea of it not being a time loop or DMT related or chemical related balance or whatever. Let's say it is just a entity in general that helps. Why would it do that? To escape some type of purgatory maybe? Friendly and, you know... Casper the friendly ghost that just waits around for a tragedy to happen or some type of celestial being. Yeah. Uh, I mean, realistically, if I'm being honest, most things don't do stuff for free. Mm. There's a, there's an end goal to whatever they are doing. So maybe that is maybe that's true. Maybe that's that's their that's their way out of purgatory or limbo or whatever you believe in. Escape this plane of existence that they're trapped yeah. on. You're trapped there because you were a shit person. Uh, you got to fix it by not being one. <laughs> Help them. <laughs> it could just be to feed too. A lot of these these entities like this, you know, they feed off of energy. That's probably some really good energy if you feel you're about to die. Yeah. yeah. And they just show up to suck that in. Like, okay, the longer I keep you alive, the longer I get this energy. Uh, especially, man, the, the crew walking on the ice, man, they yeah. stayed with them for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they were nice and full after that. Right. Yeah, they traveled a long ways. Um, I can't remember how many... How many um, miles they traveled on the tundra? They were only ninety-seven miles from the like the actual South Pole. They were only thirty-eighth degree south parallel. Wow! Hmm. Closer to thirty-seven. I see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was that was that thirty-eighth? No. I'm lying. Hold on. I might be wrong. Maybe it may be 88th. 
anyways, whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking it was the 88. Oops. Well then. <laughs> I'm such a dummy. I clicked the wrong thing. I don't know. Uh, I figured you're like, screw these guys. Yeah, fuck this podcast. <laughs> I messed up what I was talking about. I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> well, you're bringing up the parallel and, you know, that, that what alien highway, mm-hmm. uh, what is what it was known as. So what if this is, I, I hate to say it, but what if this is aliens? Could be. And we, we've we talked about them being here and helping humanity, and maybe they're just out. I don't know why they would choose random ones to help, but maybe it's some sort of technology uh, projection they can do so they're not actually there, and they'd send out this you know, projection of themselves to help out where they can. Yeah. Well, these were... Um, uh, Especially with Charles Lindbergh. Charles Lindbergh was going to be the first transatlantic flight, full flight across the oceans. Mm-hmm. Um, Shackleton was, um, I think he was in a race to see who could get to the South Pole the fastest, mm-hmm. is what it was. So, and then, you know, they had claimed some islands along the way. So, maybe. You know, this is for the greater good kind of thing. And, you know, we've talked about the Antarctic and the treaties that are there that we've, you know, our government supposedly has. And um, was it Bird, Lieutenant Bird, the guy that flew through mm-hmm. the cave? He was there. I don't know when he was there, but um, I think there's a lot just with the, let's just say with the Antarctic, it's kind of odd to me anyways. Um so I I believe yeah probably not beyond the realm of aliens and their little essence projection or whatever you want to call it makes sense to help them out especially with Lindbergh no. uh, technological advances could be like oh my god this airplane made it across the Atlantic Ocean I think it, I just I don't know if I can get behind aliens all too much just the sporadicness of it and you know other thing like i'm not saying you know it can't be i'm just saying i just can't get behind it you know as yeah. much no so yeah if it was always stuff like josh was saying with the expeditions and things like that like that would make sense so like they're yeah. trying to help us along but random mountain climbers it's like yeah. uh, that was a big one too was mountain climbers plus the the car wrecks and stuff like I guess my thing is, why would they care about those? You know? Yeah, seemingly mundane individuals that don't really yeah, have any purpose. I know that sounds really bad for me to say, and, and people talk about us not having any, any empathy, and I don't mean it like it sounds, but it, it's like you're not going to create a cure for cancer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, what if uh, they have time travel capabilities, too? And they save a random person. And yeah, they're not going to make the cure for cancer, but they move a turtle out of the road, which was going to cause a wreck for the guy who was going to be the nurse to the doctor who delivered the baby who was going to grow up and cure cancer. Uh, yeah. That's, yeah, okay. 
<laughs> Some butterfly effects okay. stuff right there. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be some complicated shit to keep up with, though. Man, yeah. Like, but then, you know, that I guess that would be one of those things, like, you have to make sure that all everything falls into place, not just with the turtle, but also within the nurse and the doctors and all of that to make sure because by changing one thing, you still could change other things. Yeah. It changes something else. That's why time keeps repeating Mm because they haven't won yet. We're just in this big game of chess and they keep on like, all right, that didn't work, but we got closer. So what if we move the turtle to the other side of the road (laughs) and let the wreck kill this, this biker who was eventually going to do this. And, you know, they're like, you know, planning all that. Maybe they, 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 every time they replay, they get, get another, you know, five minutes closer to the actual goal. Yeah. Mm. Jonathan's in the back on a whiteboard, like, that didn't work, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, not to get on subject of uh, time travel, it's, what is that thing like? If you had the opportunity to go back in the past and kill baby Hitler, would you do it? And a lot of, Physicists say you should not do it. You have to let it unfold how it's supposed to. So. Which, that's just fear that everything's going to be different, which it would, you know. Let's say you do somehow come back on the same timeline and everything's going to be different. There's going to be different people alive. And that's all that is, is the fear of the unknown. But if you went back and changed something and it did make things better, then why not? If less people died, if there was less suffering, yeah, certain people aren't going to be here anymore because the chain of events didn't happen. But they're never going to know that they were supposed to exist because they don't exist. Yeah. That's, well, I guess it brings up the fact, like, you know, and again, not to be on time travel, <laughs> but like going back in time, you do that. World War II doesn't exactly happen because he's who you know, sparks it off, which then could cause the fact that there's no baby boomers, you know, because a lot of baby boomers come from soldiers leaving to go to war or coming back and all this. So you didn't have the housing markets, the booms, the certain subdivisions uh, sprout up because army people coming back. We would probably still be in a depression. See, we might be a lot better off. (laughs) I know know you'd miss all your boomer buddies, but. Well, you know. (laughs) But yeah, it'd be different. Anyway, I was about to say more time travel stuff, but let's... let's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> more time travel stuff. Listen, we like time travel. We like time travel a lot. <laughs> <laughs> we will implement it into anything. <laughs> it's just the theories behind it are endless. Man, and pretty fucking wild. Yeah. So. So I see, you know, I've pulled it up over here, and a lot of people refer to these entities, if you will, as guardian angels. Uh, what's y'all's take on that? I don't, do we, if angels exist in the biblical sense, do they really come down and do things like that? I was always under the impression that they weren't allowed to meddle in human affairs. From my understanding, it's complicated because there are multiple different types of angels. Uh, in fact, there's probably about nine different types. Okay. And of course, you have the thrones. Um, 
uh, cherubs, which are not little cute babies. Um, <laughs> but, you know, when everybody's like, oh, look at this representation of this one angel, and it's, or the biblical version of this one angel, and it's like this huge rotating um, thing with a bunch of eyes and wings. That's one form. You do have ones that actually resemble humans, like uh, prince. Um, they're called like princes. Um, I have to pull up all the stuff, but then archangels and things like that. Satan, um, Lucifer, whatever you want to call him, was a cherub. Is believed that he was that. Um, so he had four heads. But then people argue it was supposed to be beautiful, anyways. Um, <clears throat> So, there are angels that take care of the earth, and they can intervene to a degree, but not like, you know, somebody's about to raise the Antichrist, they can't just come down and stab that person and, you know, something like that. Like, there's certain fixed things like they cannot do. They can't come down and... You're telling me you're telling me Constantine was a lie. <laughs> well, he's not an. Well, uh, he, somewhat, yes. <laughs> uh, I was about to say I watched Supernatural. The the yeah. angels interfered a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like Castiel stole a dude's fucking body and wore it for like 15 years. Yeah. yeah. Like <laughs> fucking Castiel. <laughs> well. But I mean, within certain certain limits and stuff like they can deliver messages and stuff like that, and all, right. all this. So they, they can, can pull somebody from a burning car, mm-hmm. and yeah. I mean, I guess in a sense that I mean, we talk about demons a lot, right? And we talk about demons in a biblical sense. Mm-hmm. So, I'm not uh, not the kind of person that's like I believe in that kind of stuff, angels or demons, but. Um, we do talk about that stuff a lot, and we never really mention angels. And then when we do, we're kind of like shied away from talking about it because, I guess, because it usually sparks debate, and people like to argue. Uh-huh. But um, I mean, I, I don't think we've ever really argued. I mean, no, not us. I'm just talking yeah. about like uh, <laughs> people on keyboard warriors and shit like to um, argue. So somebody getting in the comments is like, "Oh, I believe they're angels," and someone's like, "Shut up." They're not real, stuff like that. Yeah. Keep an uh, open mind, people. Come on. All right. Yeah, we talk about wacky shit. I'm not going <laughs> to say angels don't exist on, when we... Right. I like, yeah, there's a giant mothman flying around. <laughs> yeah. Don't forget yeah. about the mermaid aliens. I mean... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I, I mean, and, and to each their own beliefs with certain ideas towards these things, you know, be it a chemical release... Hyperfixation on a stressful environment makes you believe you saw something that didn't happen, you yeah. know, which could be a chemical um, thing. Uh, could be angels, could be aliens teleporting from time to make sure you live because of some reason, you know. So, right oh. with the time thing, so talking like <laughs> bi- biblical sense, what if it is demons from biblical? hell or wherever demons live in the Bible. And they save these people because they're going to become a sinner later in life and then will be damned. So they keep them alive just so they mess up and then they get their soul. Maybe, but uh, 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Josh said earlier, no one does anything for free. So the angel's yeah. just doing it out of the kindness of their heart. The demons get something out of it. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I do kind of like the purgatory thing, though. We got a lot of theories floating on this one. We right? do. We do. I mean, I, I, I would love to see comments talking about this, like what people believe. <laughs> like, just keep an open mind, people. Keep an open mind. Right. We do, for the most part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Say, aliens, ghosts, angels. We haven't had a conspiracy theory on it. Werewolves. Uh, how's that a conspiracy? I don't know. I just want to <laughs> like say government werewolves? werewolves? <laughs> I just wanted to say werewolves. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I was going to say government, like nanites that are injected in our brain as babies and it's they trigger to like come out and keep you alive so you continue oh, to serve man. our overlords. Dude, that would be weird. <laughs> like that would mean you'd have like a full, a full grown man thing inside of you, essentially, for it to manifest a whole man. Full grown man inside of you. Oh, well, <laughs> maybe we should reword that. <laughs> And I will take it as it is. You guys have fun. Tommy likes full grown men. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, that's how nanites would work, right? I mean, there'd be enough of them in your bloodstream to construct, you know, an essence of a person. It wouldn't be, you know, full solid man, you know, but I think it'd be sturdy enough to pull you out of a car or just make its presence known to guide you along. Right. Oh, well, they have been playing with nanotechnology since what? the 80s the idea of nanotechnology something like that maybe even further than that so listen it trips me out when they say that like our graphics cards and our computers have billions billions with a b of transistors on them like yeah nanotechnology is here (laughs) it is a thing But I mean, yeah, I mean, who knows? The government might be like, oh, no, no, right now we can only do like little transistors on graphics cards. And the whole time they got like whole humans just that are nanobites just walking around doing crap. <laughs> just just to make it fun. They're nano werewolves just for you, Tommy. Yes. <laughs> That's kind of scary. That is. But could they do that much damage? Well, I guess if they pull themselves together. But then when you swing at them, they're like, and yeah. go back to microscopic. Yeah, your bat know. just travels through them. Like, <laughs> oh man, you just kind of move out of the way enough for your bat to go through the body, and they put themselves for, back together. For some reason, I was thinking, remember cartoons where like people are fighting like termites or something, like whatever, and they take a bat to swing at the like swarm of them, and it just eats mm-hmm. the bat. What if the nanobites did that? I don't know why I made that noise. <laughs> oh man, birds aren't real. So. <laughs> They're nanobots. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> well, you guys want to give your final thoughts? Not nanite, not nanite werewolves. <laughs> well, I'm out. So shame. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, this one's this one's hard because I think it, it could be could be any of these things minus the nanobots. I don't think the government <laughs> is injecting these werewolves in our heads. <laughs> uh, if I had to pick a top one, I, I would say 
I'm torn from it from it being a trauma response and not paranormal, but that's not fun. But I'm only fifty percent there, fifty percent on the entities that feed on energy, not not good, not evil, not angel, not demon, not time travelers or aliens. I, I think it's some of these things that have manifested their themselves in different ways in our world that feed on our emotions, on our energies that we see time and time again. And there's this certain breed of them, if you will, a certain species of them that like the high trauma, uh, the near death, that that's what they've developed their taste for. And they cruise around and they're able to sense it and they go after it. And that's why, you know, a lot of the mountain climbers have experienced this. So they're probably dwelling out in the mountains, uh, out on these ice caps over the ocean, they're they're they know the danger areas, and so they're lingering there, just waiting for a presence to come through that they can feed off of. Now I know you see it with the car wrecks and other things uh, like nine eleven. That that was probably a big enough energy that that drew them in. Yeah, and yeah. and yeah, they're saving them. They're doing this, but they're doing it because they're feeding at the same time. If they just let them die, it's over. So they're gonna they're like milking it for what they can. But yeah, I think if it's anything, that's where, that's where I would believe it is. That's what I would believe it is. Yeah, like a leech or parasite yeah. style entity. Uh, okay, hmm. Tommy, you're a nanite werewolves, right? <laughs> are they are they barking yet? <laughs> I, I'm kind of with Shane, except for I, of course, with my religious background, what I believe, I I, I do believe that it's a um. It could be a trauma experience, um, though I like to think that, and I believe it's either going to be some type of celestial angel um, that's helping out, uh, saving people. Um, and I know people will be like, well, what about other car wrecks where people do die? And it's like, maybe it's one of those things. Like, it's not, it wasn't meant to happen, but it did. Or something like that, or who knows? I don't know. Um, or it could be, you know, people who are stuck here on this plane of existence, and maybe that's their way to move on. Is they have to perform some selfless act, selfless act, you know. Um, so, and I know people are like, well, saving somebody wouldn't that be self, you know, selfish? In a way, you're still thinking about yourself to perform that. I mean, I guess that's up for debate. So, who's to say? Maybe you're just a spirit and you're there and you're like, I got to save this person. And you don't really care or think about it in that moment. You just did it to do it. And then after you do it, they're saved. You cross over. You know. That's... That's about where I'm at on it, you know. I think it's it's something of that nature. Yeah, I can see that. Um, I think we're all in agreement that it could be an actual trauma response because our brain is extremely powerful. We all know that. Um, I do believe that humans are on a guided path, as as it is a fate path or however you want to put it. 
Um, Donnie Darko, in my opinion, probably said it, probably portrayed it the best way possible where the essence was coming out of the front of the body and that's how, you know, it was guided to what they wanted, where they wanted to go. And it could be that, you know, when that car wreck happened, when that tiredness while he was flying the airplane was happening was going to be a deviation or is a deviation from that guided path that wasn't supposed to be there and it needed to be corrected. So there are entities possibly with you there that kind of help you stay on that path, you know. And the ones that do die when they in the car wrecks or whatever, the, that's where their path ended. Um, and there's another huge possibility, like Shane said, with the the uh, parasitic entities that are there, you know, drawing that energy. Because, like I said, I believe it 100% that a lot of people don't do things for free. They they get something out of it, and I believe entities are the same way. I do believe that this is an actual thing that happens to people. There's there's too much, there's too many stories out there for me to not believe it. I wouldn't mm-hmm. call all of them liars, you know. That'd be kind of <laughs> fucked up. Right. <laughs> but, but yeah, I think I'm with both of you guys really in the long and in, in the in the short of it. But um, no. If you like what you've heard here tonight, make sure you follow us, like, subscribe, do all that jazz, whatever you need to do to help us climb these ranks. We have an Etsy shop with merchandise. We have a YouTube channel that has shit on there that's kind of cool. We just visited the Sally House. Go check that out. And we're on all social medias. But with all that said, ladies and gentlemen, these are just our thoughts. Let us know what you think.